What's going on, everybody? KD here, and welcome back to the 22nd official episode of the King Darius Experience. Today is a celebratory episode as I just recently passed over the last few weeks of daily content um, and committing to one-on-one connection and social media and all that kind of stuff. Just hit over 100,000 streams across all major uh, music platforms and marketplaces for my music. I think we're at 133K. I posted a graphic um, on Instagram, um, posted some more content, did a track today, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's a celebratory moment, but it's also a very sad moment for our time and our culture as we're dealing with everything with, you know, the the shutdown. And then we're also still dealing with horrible cultural, um, cross-cultural and cross-system sort of, just uh things that are not okay we'll we'll just put it that way um because there's still a lot of details to be said about these things that are happening um in our culture and our world and everybody has a different perspective everybody has a different stance however i posted a track today called uh the least of us um where i'm standing up for the least of us i'm standing in that gap i'm bridging that gap um and being a voice for those who don't have a voice so if you want to check that out please go check that out it would mean the world to me but let's hop into this episode because we're going to be talking about why and how repetition is your greatest strategy. So one of the things that I believe overall about repetition is that it forces you into behaviors that then lead to decision making. Most people are horrible at decision making, not because they don't have the skills, not because they couldn't figure it out once they're in it, not because of any of those things, but actually because they refuse to put themselves in situations that force them to make decisions. It's leisure that is making us complacent as creators, right? We have just enough to get by. We have just enough to have our material things. We have just enough to keep our relationships intact. We have just enough to, you know, get our bills paid, you know, on time and all of that kind of stuff. However, we are still refusing to make decisions that lead us to the fulfillment and the freedom that we're looking for as a creator, which is creating the things that we love and actually getting rewarded and paid to do so, right? Um, We've talked about it not needing to be an empire. It just needs to be authentically in one 100% you. Um, So with that being said, this is why I'm celebrating me, right? And that my first point is I just hit 100K a few weeks ago in tandem with the behavior that I forced myself into, right? I didn't just start by saying, hey, I'm this dope music person. So therefore you should listen to my music because it's top tier. I didn't just say, hey, I'm a marketing expert. Listen to everything I'm going to say. Hey, I'm a media guru. So listen to everything I'm going to say. I just started doing these things. I just started behaving. I hopped into the game, right? I started working on my brand my brand was extremely important actually i talked to dash about this when he was at the house um uh over christmas break and spending some time with the family i uh, love that dude uh with all my heart um great relationship great friend uh great business associate um all of the above and overall a hustler a go-getter um, a man that sticks to his word he's authentic he holds you accountable to who you are um the things that you you want to do and he does that for thousands of people across the world uh as well inside of soul Norma sex and, and that kind of stuff um but But he communicated to me at the time that this time you need to make it about you. Um, and, and for a little bit of extra context, he's known me throughout my entrepreneurial journey and the different ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, all of that kind of stuff. And he said, you are constantly doing things for other people. You're constantly building other people's brands. You're constantly helping people grow their stuff, build their foundation, all that. And you're left 
unhappy, unfulfilled, unsatisfied. You need to build brand around you. Yes, your media. Yes, your marketing. Yes, your music. But at the end of the day, you're Derek. You are King Darius, right? I um, mean, there's a whole history and backstory behind uh, the name and the, and the stage name I use for you know my uh, music and my media content and that kind of stuff. But we'll get into that into a different episode. So I started building around brand because I knew I was the nucleus of everything I'm going to do. I am the spokesperson. I am the amplifier. I am the evangelist of everything that I do. And with that kick in the butt and that encouragement from Dash, um, from Soul Normous, I was able to hyper-focus on my brand. And now all of my diverse multimedia inside of what I'm creating is relative or related to my uh, personal brand, which is which means as stuff grows, as my music takes off, as other platforms take off, as I get attention around uh, music, marketing, media, etc., I am growing my personal brand and becoming known for these things. Now, it's not a fast process. It's not an overnight thing. Um, obviously, I have a little bit of an advantage um, for me personally because I've been working on this stuff for a decade, right? I've been living in it. I've been in the trenches of it. Um, and those reps have allowed me and have led me to my ability to speak on a diverse set of of topics within the umbrella of awakening and empowering creators, right? So by creating brand, by creating cohesion around me, that repetition led to um, further growth and further traction for what I'm doing. Then also, Speaking of Soul Normous and the likes of him and, you know, uh, Kager and Nick and, you know, the people that I roll with and the people I do stuff with and Jeremy um, and all of these things, like the team that I've surrounded myself with, your network makes you better, right? And they force you into your reps and they hold you accountable to the things that um, you're saying that you're going to do. Um, and it helps you establish a cadence. Uh, you hear me say the word cadence all the time. I'm a drummer by trade. Um, and in drumming, they teach you rudiments, they teach you phrasing, they teach you timing, they teach you music theory and all that kind of stuff but if you happen to be in you know drumline playing snare drum quads you know quintuplets bass drum cymbals whatever everybody's done a little bit of um band at some point in their life you know growing up but i did it all the way through grade school high school um was gonna do it in college but I hopped right into the business world but cadence right they teach you cadence if you're in marching band um, what is the case? A lot of times marching bands and football teams and basketball teams walk out to a certain cadence, uh, uh, you know, a team alma mater, you know, cadence or something like that. But your cadence is what keeps you in your ability to do reps, right? There are so many days where I just don't want to do my stuff. I don't want to do my operations. I don't want to do my communications. I don't want to do all of the things. And then at the end of the day, the stuff that's fun, the, the content, the media, the music, I don't even want to do that some days, right? but I've developed a cadence um, that healthily ebbs and flows between those things in a trajectory towards the goals and objectives that I have. So that way I never get bored with the things that I'm creating, right? And of course there's gonna be, like we've talked about the 80-20 rule, 80% of the stuff you're gonna like doing, but 20% of the stuff you're just gonna have to do to keep your ship afloat and growing um, and on a trajectory that keeps you and sustains and fortifies your freedom. But your cadence is extremely important, right? Your cadence allows you to go back and forth between things without losing energy, without losing traction, um, and without dropping the balls and things that you wanna see come into fruition. We need to stop following priorities, right? And stop following balance. And we need to start chasing rhythm and we need to start chasing cadence because we are dynamic, agile human beings, right? We have new ideas, we have new innovations, we have things that we wanna work on. We have things that can't, let alone we don't want to just sit on a back burner while we do what we're supposed to do or do what we have to do. You have to break out of that mindset if you want to um, you know, tap into, let alone you know, obtain and sustain your freedom as a creator. 
So the beautiful thing that hitting 100K and all of these things like branding and networking and cadence and the variety of media that I'm posting have led to is what we have deemed as integrated media, right? And it's been so fun to bounce back and forth, all forms of media, all types of media, um, different variations of media, different platforms and positionings of media. Um, so obviously I've been able to use my music in multiple different, you know, fashions, for example, putting it behind my podcast stuff, you know, Soul Normous uses, uses it on his stuff. Um, some of my other buddies use it on their stuff. I make it openly public to where you can, you know, purchase it, use it, give me credit, all that kind of stuff. So my media is integrated, right? Um, and then it's available to my clients and partners as well. My media in general is atomized or broken down into multiple pieces of content. So my storehouse at this point, after a month of repetition on the podcast, we're already 21 or, you know, this is the 22nd episode. We're 22 episodes deep, but I have well over 150, close to 200 pieces of content from last month alone that is in my May storehouse of content, which I create in an evergreen nature. And evergreen just simply means you're not attaching it to time. You're not attaching it to a trend, you know, something that is going to expire over time. You're talking in a way where it's relevant today, it's relevant tomorrow, and it's relevant in the, the far out future, right? That's evergreen. Because I create content in an evergreen nature, the storehouse that I'm building can be reused, can be repurposed, can be spliced together for other things, can be repositioned for further context and further value. So it's really fun when you start tapping into integrated media because you have options, you have variety, you have a diverse selection of what you can do and how you can actually place um, the content and the communication pieces that you're putting forth. Um, and then you can get real fun with it too. If you follow me on any you know, social media platform, you you may have seen Dancing Gorillas, uh, Baby Yoda. I've done, you know, uh, me emoji stuff or however you say that. Uh, I've done stuff with dragons and unicorns and whatever. I just, sometimes you just have to have fun with it. You know, break up your cadence a little bit. If you're just boom, 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 all the time, systemize, prioritize, uh, optimize, all of these things, you're going to lose your passion. You're gonna lose that zeal that you have for the things that you're creating. Um, so I wanted to talk about uh, why I force myself into that, right? The nature of what we were just talking about. But I also wanna give you examples of things that I'm forcing myself into, right? So obviously I've forced myself into content lifestyle. Obviously I've forced myself into social marketing. Obviously I've so, uh, I've um, forced myself into developing my platforms and my intake channels. Um, and I'm also experimenting and forcing myself into other areas so I can continue to sharpen my sword and diversify the skills that I have within marketing and media, for example, I'm diving into new platforms like Spotify. And what's so fun is the repetitions that I put in, you know, Google advertising over the last 10 years and Facebook over advertising over the last five to eight years have now resulted in my immediate understanding and optimization of a Spotify advertising environment, for example. When I walked into, I mean, it was digital, so when I pulled up the, the Spotify ad environment, I was like, this is like reading a children's book. There's only four targeting options, right? There's only only 15 to 30 seconds of uh, media, you know, leeway or creative freedom that you have, right? And it's only one form of media, it's audio. I was like, this is so simple to understand. It's like reading a children's book. And it's because I put my repetition in year after year after year to where I understood the hierarchy and infrastructure of how ad environments work, right? So it easily translates into other platforms. And this is the same across social media, right? The only reason I crushed on, you know, Twitter and I'm crushing on Instagram and all that 
kind of stuff is because I immediately knew what behaviors led to growth because I forced myself into those behaviors in years past. So by my ability to force um, execution and force my ability to practice a thing and get into the trenches of a thing, I now know how to do those in a very accurate, um, precise way. So all that being said, what's really interesting since I mentioned Spotify is I was already going back through uh, my media storehouse. Um, and it's funny because originally when I created the King Darius experience, I was gonna create it for uh, Dash's network. He was gonna turn the Daily Swole into like a network, you know, where we talk about marketing, media, fitness, all that kind of stuff or whatever. So the first 001, you know, episode of the King Darius experience, um, it was about clout and I originally created it for that. So I talked about Spotify and I predicted that you know Spotify was going to change you know the way we view radio and start doing a lot more integrated media and if anybody had the opportunity to disrupt and or become a different type of player inside of a social you know environment or social atmosphere it was going to be Spotify or marketplaces like Spotify Apple Music Amazon etc because they already have something that the industry refers to as method of distribution so a lot of people think that they sell their products and services, right? But one of the things that my mentor taught me, I think five or six years ago, um, he works at James Smucker, huge Fortune 500 company. I think they're like somewhere between eight and $12 billion and they own most things in your kitchen, including Folgers and Dunkin' Donuts and all these things. And now they're into the pet industry and all that kind of stuff. But he was teaching me, you know, when uh, Smucker's was at like $800 million and only making fruit products that they thought they sold fruit products, right? Why wouldn't you, you know, Uncrustables, Jelly, jams, all that kind of stuff, right? That's what we know Smuckers as. Then they started to pay attention to their core drivers, right? The things that actually drive growth and drive, you know, purpose and alignment and calibration to the future traction of the business or the enterprise, you know, in their case. Um, so they went from 800 million to where they are today, eight, eight, eight to 12 billion. I'd have to look at the actual thing, but at the time they were like, you know, six to 8 billion, but they essentially 10X their business by understanding that they don't sell fruit products, they sell experiences, you know, inside of kitchens and, and, and for families to, you know, commune and break bread and all that kind of stuff. And now they do that for pets and et cetera, et cetera. And one of the nine core drivers is method of distribution. So think about what Airbnb just did with their, you know, creators or not their creators, their hosts, right? Since they already knew they have distribution and they taught the behavior that you make, you know, a living off of our platform by engaging with it, marketing, positioning yourself the right way, whatever. They already knew they had the minds of those hosts. So just make video, right, content available for you to distribute. Now, I, I haven't looked into the data and statistics to see if it's taking off at all. But the same thing with Spotify, you already have the ability to put video behind your content. You already have the ability to uh, merge you know, from the lowest quality in the lowest common denominator of podcast creator to the highest quality, highest production version of a, a content creator, or a podcast creator, all in one platform. So you can astronomically change how we view radio, how we experience entertainment, you know, in literally all forms of media through one app, they could be one of the largest powerhouse social media, multimedia platforms that we've ever seen. And I think it could take them, you know, potentially one to three years to really sort of raise some eyebrows and be like, wow, Spotify is playing a game that we didn't even know we should be playing, right? And I think that other people will catch on really quick. Um, 
So pay attention to your core drivers, right? Is the whole point of what I'm trying to say. Um, and as I was looking back through all of that storehouse of content, I have three videos where I predicted where Spotify was going. And I have DMs where I was telling people um, that were asking, you know, what pop, uh, podcast platforms they should use and all that kind of stuff. I was telling them to go with Spotify for reasons like, you know, they just recently acquired Anchor, you know, within the last year, they're making moves in regards to how they're, you know, positioning creators from artists to podcasters, et cetera, et cetera. They're diversifying and maturing their ad platform, which anytime a, a business unlocks their ability to drive massive revenue, where do you think they're gonna put that revenue back into? The further sophistication and experience of their platform, both on the paid and, orga or, and organic side. And they already have the behavior of creators publishing to their platform for that sole purpose. So the, the vulnerability of a lot of these big tech companies or rather these big social platforms is you have not controlled the behavior of the creators coming into your platform because you couldn't, right? So they have massive attention, right, of people who are, like we said in last episode, are an inch deep and a mile wide. Creators who create once a month or, you know, once every other week or don't, you know, attach themselves to some type of pulse or cadence to the, their releases and their drops. The difference with Spotify is you already have podcasters, musicians, et cetera, et cetera, who are used to, I have to get my music out there and Spotify is just one of them. So they already have that behavioral mechanism inside of their creators. All they have to do is add the features and boom, you are a player because you have method of distribution. So I wanted to be able to say that because it's not rocket science. It's not magic like we've talked about. It's literally your ability to watch, observe, and execute against behavior, behavior of platforms, behavior of your audiences, behavior of yourself, and become hyper aware of those things so you can make the best possible decisions for your business and the things that you're creating. Hopefully that was helpful to you guys, and I will see you in episode 23 of the King Darius Experience. Peace. I cry for the least of us. I grind for the least of us. I rise for the least of us. I would die for the least of us. They just worry about their own plans. They not ready for the king's stance. I would die for the least of us. Won't compromise for the least of us. The least of us. They making cuss, but we bleed enough. They take a trust, won't release a cuss. Police a bus, yeah, we need some love. They give us drugs, but we feeding enough. They take a guns, but release the slugs.